Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, back here, finally, in the DNVR studios, where I will be for a few weeks, at least until the winter meetings, and then I'm gone again, uh, and then maybe taking some vacation time. Whatever. I'm here. I'm now. Let's be present. Let's talk about all the news in the world of baseball. We'll have our buddy Cody Del Mendo on the show in just a little bit from CHGO Cubs, breaking down all of the saga, fit to print, about Craig Council and the Brewers. The hometown boy, Craig Council, going away from his Milwaukee Brewers to the Cubs. And David Ross, who was still their manager at the time. It's a saga. It's a lot of drama. We'll get into all of that. We'll talk about the GM meetings. What does it mean? What's going on down there in in Scottsdale, Arizona, as well as some news coming out of Japan. Do you believe in ghosts? Well, we'll we'll talk about that. Spirits, the curse of Colonel Sanders. This is a real thing that we will break down. We'll get we'll get uh, Tiff's input on this. Maybe this will be like your most favorite thing since the Savannah Bananas. Uh, we'll we'll see. It's hard to beat, right? Savannah it's Bananas. It's hard to beat the Savannah Bananas. That's up there. That's up yes. there. Maybe, they do backflips and stuff. Doing like, backflips. How, how do you beat that? A, a curse, maybe. A curse. You, you're the judge. You are the judge. We'll find out about that. Maybe, I do like spooky things. So. If you like spooky things, that's it. Bananas aren't, aren't spooky. They're just fun. They are just fun. It's fun that the uh, finalists have been announced for the BBWAA Awards. We'll look at that. Did somebody inadvertently tell us the results already? Accidentally? Well, we're going to look at all of that today. Jam-packed show. My first one in a week. So excited. So excited today. But not excited a little bit. Maybe bittersweet in a sense. News coming out that Jonathan Daza, unfortunately, no longer a member of the Colorado Rockies organization. He, of course, was designated for assignment, played the bulk of the 2023 seasons with the Albuquerque Isotopes down in AAA. And he was one of several players to opt into free agency as a minor leaguer. He does that alongside Winton Bernard, Daniel Montano, uh, a prospect that was signed real early on uh, as a 16-year-old uh, and had a decent year, started breaking out just a little bit. Catcher Jonathan Morales, who's been with the organization the last two years in Albuquerque. Justin Brule, left-hander, who the Rockies actually picked up uh, at the trade deadline, really just claimed on waivers, uh, as well as right-handed pitcher Michael Peterson. A lot of buzz on him after what he was able to do for Great Britain during the World Baseball Classic, throwing 100 miles an hour. He is now a minor league free agent. Anderson Pilar, who was part of that no-hitter, that combined no-hitter earlier this season. Nick Kuzia, guy who was uh, picked up uh, as a minor league Rule 5 draft pick last year. And then Hill Chris Oliveira's player who was on the 40-man roster not too long ago, unfortunately had his share of injuries, started coming back just a little bit last year. Uh, you like what he was able to do, but he is now a free agent uh, looking to latch on with uh, another team. But Jonathan Daza, man, he was signed as a 16-year-old out of Venezuela in 2010. I tweeted out just the other day about Charlie Blackman having been with the organization Longer than any player had as far as making his major league debut and being drafted now that Joey Votto has moved on and a series of other players like Adam Wainwright have retired. Um, Brandon Crawford now a free agent. Jonathan Daza has been with the Rockies since 2010. Unbelievable. 317 uh, batting average in the minors. Three-time minor league baseball. .com, MILB.com, organizational all-star for the Rockies in 2014, 17, and 19. He was an all-star in single A with Asheville in 2016, a South Atlantic League postseason all-star in 2016, Cal League postseason all-star in high A in 2017, as well as a midseason all-star 
in AA uh, at Hartford in 2018. That's where I actually first caught up with him. And uh, he was very proud of his English. He said, how did, how did I do? And uh, he did great. It, it was awesome catching up with him, a guy who's you know, close friends with, with Brendan Rodgers, working out with him during the offseason. Uh, now, again, a free agent. Has a career big league batting average of 281. We, of course, you might remember him making his debut in 2019, early in the year. April 9th versus Atlanta actually became the fourth Rocky ever to start and bat leadoff in his major league debut. The last to do that before him, Eric Young Jr. Back in 2009, didn't play in 2020, oddly enough, during that pandemic season, although he was at the alternative site. 2021, did a nice job off the bench as a pinch hitter. Eighth highest on base percentage in Rockies history, 433. And now again, a free agent, uh, Jonathan Daza, Appreciate your time. A lot of really good memories. Uh, last year was pretty much a, a big-time fan favorite in 2022, so he is gone. Where do the Rockies rank this offseason? Going into the offseason, their current team, their current roster, according to Mike Petriello of MLB.com, 30th. Dead last. Thank you, Mike. No, it, it is a fair assessment. This is where the Rockies are at. they got a lot of work to do this offseason. we got an article going up later today over at the DNVR.com, free and unlocked for everyone to read. Tomorrow we got Kenneth Weber from Purple Row joining the show so we can break down what are the Rockies' needs. Yeah, there are a lot, not as many as you might think, but in what areas? Where can they upgrade? Who are some of the free agents that are logical choices for the Rockies to go ahead and, and, and sign as free agents? We know they may have to be busy on the trade front. That's going to be harder to identify who those guys could be. But as far as free agents go, absolutely are some good options for them. So on Monday, the finalists for the BBWAA Awards were announced. And uh, one snub for the Rockies. Probably one snub. Now, Rookie of the Year Award in the National League, it's going to be Corbin Carroll, James Outman, Kodai Senga in the American League, Tanner Bibby. Bybee, excuse me, he made his debut against the Rockies, if you remember, in April. Uh, Tristan Casas and uh, Gunnar Henderson, those three guys. And Nolan Jones, not in the top three. Is he going to be fourth? Could there be somebody else? We'll have to break down those numbers when the results actually do come out. I did have a vote in the National League Rookie of the Year Award. So, of course, next Tuesday, once the results come out on Monday evening, I'll break down my votes. There'll be an article up all about it where I voted. Did I also have Nolan Jones outside of the top three? Did Am, am I like the populist? Did I see things the same way? You'll have to wait and find out about that. Manager of the year, Craig Council, Skip Shoemaker of the Miami Marlins, and Brian Snitker of Atlanta in the National League, and then the American League, Bruce Bochy, Kevin Cash, and Brandon Hyde. Keep in mind, the voting is all done before the postseason starts. It's, it's not, it does not take into consideration the postseason, which... You can make a case, hey, that makes sense. Maybe it doesn't. Fair, unfair. So that's one of the reasons why Tori Lovello, guy who, you know, their team backed into the postseason. That's why he's he's not amongst the top three. But he did take them to the World Series. He did take them all the way to the end. He is not in the top three because, again, this is a regular season award. Cy Young Award. You have Zach Gallen, Blake Snell, Logan Webb of the Giants in the American League, Garrett Cole, Kevin Gaussman, and Sonny Gray. And then finally, MVP, Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and in the American League, Shoei Otani, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon. Now, uh, I just saw this before we went live. Apparently, Jeff Passan may have inadvertently tweeted out the results of the BBWAA Awards. This this is the list uh, of all the players, right? Um and they're not in alphabetical order. That's usually how you might see them. Instead, this list has them where you might favor them. Shohei Otani as MVP? Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. as MVP in the National League? That makes sense. Uh, I would agree with the, the American League voting. National League, the same as well. And then same thing with the NL Rookie of the Year Award. It kind of does line up with what you might end up seeing uh, when when the results finally do come out next week, Monday is Rookie of the Year Award, Tuesday is Manager of the Year, then Cy Young on Wednesday, and finally Thursday is MVP. And if you need an MVP at a party or get-together, barbecue, whatever it is, make sure you've got yourself some Breckenridge Distillery, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos, widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, a high rye mash American-style whiskey. They're giving away tickets to Broncos at the end of the season. It's It's next month now. We're already that far into the NFL slate of games. Two tickets 
You're going to get to the Breckenridge Bourbon Suite for Broncos Chargers on December 31st. All you got to do is post a photograph of yourself, your favorite Broncos photograph on Instagram or Facebook, and uh, they'll make a decision here at the end of the month because December 1st. They're going to narrow it down to 10. So get those pictures in. Make sure you hashtag Breckenridge, or rather, hashtag Broncos Bourbon. We got it at the tailgates. We got it at the bar. Not much more I can say about how great of a product that they have. A local company. We love supporting them. Their Ricky Seltzers are also really fantastic and top-notch. Their products are available in all 50 states. Shop your local retailer or visit Breckenridge Distillery for home delivery of that award-winning Breckenridge Spirits at Prey anywhere. And anywhere you go, you need a, you need a carrying device for your meats and your cheeses and your vegetables. What does that better than bread? Right, Whether you're talking tortilla, you're talking bun, just straight up bread, you name it, Hero Bread has some great, great options for you. No matter what it is you're looking for, you're looking for high fiber, they've got that. You're looking for ultra low net carbs or zero sugar per slice, or you want something that's higher in protein, Hero Bread has got it. It's fantastic. They've got recipes even on their site. That's why I love supporting them. And I just love their product in general. Head over to Hero dot co for 10% off when you use that code dnvr they're hooking you up in a major way that's h-e-r-o dot co to save 10% today i think we got our homie here coming in from the north side mr cody del mendo to help us figure out what the heck is going on what what's going on over there are you guys okay (laughs) Uh, you know, I'm still riding the high to be completely honest with you, Patrick. Uh, it was a wild, a wild, uh, couple days, two days ago, especially, uh, when the news dropped that the Cubs were hiring Craig council and, uh, you know, I guess in a way technically firing David Ross, it's, it feels weird. Cause I don't, I don't think that they had any intentions of firing David Ross going into the off season, but once that that deadline of, you know, being able to talk to free agents, I guess you could call him, um, you know, after what, November 1st or whatever, uh, when he was still available, hadn't taken the job from the Mets or the Guardians or had committed to go back to Milwaukee, Jed Hoyer, uh, you know, put his big boy pants on and said, let's go get the best guy available. Uh, and, you know, I to me, it's it's a signal that, it's a big offseason ahead for the Chicago Cubs. Absolutely. It's a uh, big boy pants is one way of of putting it because there's so many different facets of of this saga, of this drama that I think we're going to be talking about for a while. And it's also wild to think that we're talking about that in in terms of a manager, right? It's like this this offseason is supposed to be all about Shohei Otani and now we're we're talking about a manager who's making 8 million dollars a year which doesn't seem like it's that much compared to what some relief pitchers are getting out there. But now is the highest paid manager in, in, in baseball with the $8 million uh, he's going to make per year uh, over the next five years. And a guy who is a, is a Milwaukee guy. And yeah. he's from that area. And he goes in goes to the Cubs where it's, it's, it's just fascinating in so many ways. Actually, it turns out Brewers fans are more upset at their GM uh, the president of baseball operations than than Craig Council, so uh, that will be interesting to see uh, what that relationship is like uh, between Council and 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 his community. But uh, yeah, the David Ross business. I mean, you guys are, are are at the center of it because all of this seems like it came together really quickly uh, and and in a real strange way that just seems just so hard to to fathom because of the Ross that uh, of the job that David Ross did. They just missed out on the postseason. Uh, it didn't. It didn't seem like he was on the hot seat. Maybe I think you guys were talking about that over there on the CHGO Cubs podcast. That this year there was that potential if things didn't start out the gate, you know, well, that he was going to be on the hot seat. But he was not on the hot seat starting November first. Right. Yeah. So um, there was a great article written by Sahadev Sharma from yep. the Athletic, basically explaining like how it all went down and. It basically happened over the weekend. Um, And, uh, you know, again, the Cubs didn't have any intention of, you know, letting David Ross go. Uh, You know, they, despite how September went, they still outperformed their preseason expectations. And, uh, you know, I think they took a a big step organizationally uh, headed into this offseason, despite how September went. Uh, 
but I, I, I think for us, uh, you know, the guys at CHGO Cubs podcast, me, Luke, Ryan, Corey, and Brendan, we all feel like this hire, this move, and how it all played out was very similar to when the Cubs hired Joe Madden uh, going into the 2015 season. So I guess it would have been the 2014 offseason or winter um, sure. because Rick Renneria, who was the uh, manager at the time, you know, he was part of a rebuilding team. The The Cubs had completely tore it down the, the, during that time. Uh, they improved to a 70-plus win team in, in 2014, and uh, a lot, he got a lot of credit for helping or helping the rebuild, as they called it. And I don't think anyone thought that he was going to lose his job going into 2015, and then Joe Madden became available. And it was kind of shocking news, and the Cubs uh, made a bold but also like big move uh, to signal or to show the league, the fan base and everything that they were on. They were, they were going to be legit, that they were going to try and be legit and uh, a much better team in 2015 they end up winning 98 games, go to the NLCS. Oh, yeah. And then obviously in 2016, they win the world series with Joe Madden. And I, I think that's how we kind of viewed this hire of Craig council uh, because again, David Ross wasn't someone that we all thought was going to be on their way out. I think we definitely had a lot of criticism for him in September, and it's not that we thought he was perfect. And we, you know, I guess we can say that we didn't think it was so bad that he was going to get he'd be the scapegoat for September or be on the way out this offseason. We thought next season, if things don't go well, if the, if they're not clear playoff contenders. Uh, we thought perhaps he could be on the hot seat and on his way out. Um, but we're never going to know that now because Craig Council is the guy. And again, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that no one else, you know, the Brewers gave permission to the Mets, the Guardians. I'm sure there's another team in there that I'm not thinking of or remembering, but he didn't commit to any of those teams. And you, you got to a point where he was, it became available for him to talk to any team he wanted. And Jed Hoyer, again, made a made a big move that no one saw coming. Uh, I said on our show a few weeks prior that the Cubs should at least try and have a conversation with him because no matter how much I have this disdain for the Milwaukee Brewers, I understand that Craig Council is one of the better managers in baseball to take the rosters that he has been given by Milwaukee over the last five, five years. Um, and for him to be able to turn those rosters into division winners, um, it says a lot about him as a manager, I believe, and I'm excited to see what he can do with the Cubs and an organization that um, historically, at least under Tom Ricketts, has shown that they have the resources to put teams over the top financially on top of the fact that they have a top five farm system in baseball right now. If you're a Cubs fan right now, you have to be very, very excited. Yeah, it's it's interesting if you look at it from the context of if you sign one single big free agent. Doesn't necessarily mean you are you're about to contend. I mean, we, we know that here in Colorado. You sign Chris right. Bryant and you go, all right. I mean, that's it's interesting. You know, maybe that's the start of something. Uh, it hasn't really started anything yet, unfortunately. Um, but you go, okay, that's the start of something. But to your to your point, all right, you get a you big free agent manager in Craig Council. This does mean you are committed to winning, you know, very quickly uh, and getting right. a guy like that. And because of the history of of what happened where Rick Renteria went out, uh, and and Joe Madden came in. Fortunately, that happened to Rick, Rick Renteria again when he was with the White Sox too. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's been unfortunate. Um, and then yeah, you you kind of upgrading there. So that definitely does signal that things are uh, are on the up and up. You know, uh, it's it's a big boy move, like you said, big boy pants uh, from Jed Hoyer. You know, Patrick Mooney also on the Athletic said uh, his article on Tuesday. I think was quote in a cold blooded move, David Ross out as Cubs manager because he isn't Craig Kimbrell and. You know, yeah, that that's rough because obviously there's a relationship uh, in front offices with with managers and and, and GMs and uh, presidents of baseball operation and uh, and owners, right? And they become part of your family and you're around these people all the time. And there is a sense of loyalty, but at the same time, you know, it, there's a careful balance in in trying to win ball games and win a championship. And you can't always, uh, you know, be loyal 100. percent And you have to make difficult moves like this. Was this, you know, the the that right move? I mean. It remains to be seen. Right now, it's, it seems very exciting. But if this thing kind of goes south, you go, wow, that was a really bad look. 
um, you know, maybe I'm not gonna say backstabbing, but certainly that's gonna be a view of how how some people take this from from how David Ross was done here in this. Yeah, no, I I don't think you can, you know, with a straight face sit here and say that David Ross wasn't done dirty, right? Like yeah. again, I on one hand, it like Jed Hoyer emphasized it. I think we can all, as a like from the outside looking in, we weren't in the the conversation that him and Jed Hoyer had in Tallahassee, Florida, uh, whenever they had that conversation. We can tell that there was no intention of changing the manager, but with the opportunity to perhaps upgrade at that, you know, position. Um, Jed Hoyer did his due diligence, I think. Um, sure, in hindsight, if if the Cubs don't you know, win a world series in the next five years. Heck, if they don't, if they aren't making the playoffs every single year over the next five years, if they don't make the playoffs at least four of the five times, uh, five seasons that he's under contract, um, I think you could sit here and say that perhaps he was not only overpaid, but maybe it was a disappointment. Depends on what happens, right? Depends on how the roster is crafted because right now the Cubs still have a lot of work to improve their roster and, and actually be a legit playoff contender next year. Um, but I don't think that, I, I don't think that it's necessarily the, the bad, like the, a bad thing of what Jed Hoyer did. He thought of the organization first and as yep. the fan of the team, that's what I always want. And I understand how hard it had to be for him to have that conversation with David Ross. Remember, David Ross was on the 2016 World Series championship team. He was literally carried off the field in game seven in Cleveland after the game uh, because it was his last game. He hit a home run off Andrew Miller. And it. it was like one of the most is probably it's going it, to it's the most memorable moment from David Ross's entire career. Um and then he remained close with the organization after that season, and it ended up getting him the managerial job after Joe Madden left. Uh, and he went through some bad years, like he went through a transition of, you know, you know, the, the COVID year was you know kind of a wash for a lot of teams. Uh, I think a lot of things would have gone differently for the Cubs in 2020. And not even saying that they would have been good. I think roster wise, it could have been a lot different if it wasn't a 60 game season. Um, and that maybe there would have been a little bit more of a sample size. Maybe the the front office could have been able to make some changes earlier. Um, but you knew that when he took the job that there was going to be some sort of transition sooner or later with the roster because they had a, guy, a bunch of guys coming up on free agency, like Chris Bryant, like Anthony Rizzo, like Javier Baez, uh, you know, a few other guys. And they chose the route of basically trading everyone <laughs> and, you know, it was looked at very bad from the fan base. I mean, everyone was angry that they had traded everyone that had won the one World Series. And after a 108-year curse, a large majority of the fan base was angry with Jed Hoyer. But the thing is, is that as time has gone on now, a lot of those moves are looking really good for the Cubs. And that that's all thanks to Jed Hoyer and his – and the the team he's assembled with scouting and player development stuff like that. Um, so to me, he deserves a lot of credit for setting the organization up to have better days ahead. Again, it's been tough, especially this year after I you know didn't come into the season with high expectations, but you know some timid expectations. Hopefully, play some games that mattered in September, saw some growth on the farm system, which we did. Um, and they played well enough in July and August that I felt like maybe they could actually get in the playoffs. And then Arizona just got insanely hot, and I had to watch them beat the Cubs up multiple times in person in Arizona after I was visiting you in Colorado. And the Rockies um, beating up on the Cubs a little bit yes, too, and that's yeah, not it, two out of three. Right. <laughs> right. I, I, I chose the wrong time to go out to Colorado and Arizona. Um, True. But uh, to bring it back around, you know, despite some of the tough few years that, you know, the Cubs have had, um, they've had a lot of growth organizationally. I think their organization, organizationally, they are as healthy as they've been since probably 2015 when, you know, they had prospects like Chris Bryan and, and Addison Russell and Javier Baez and Kyle Schwarber and all those guys coming up who hadn't had any major league experience yet. 
and um, trade capital to use at the next year's yeah. deadline, which helped right, them win exactly. 2016. Right, exactly. Um, that that organization again, they are as healthy as they've been, and you know from those trades that, that Jed Hoyer made, um, they got, one of them is Kevin Alcantara, who came back in the Anthony Rizzo Anthony Rizzo trade. He's been killing it in the Arizona Fall League uh, this fall, and he's reached top 100 prospect status. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong, you got to see when he made his uh, debut in, in Colorado. Uh, you know. Looks like a stud defensively. We'll see if he'll be able to find a way to be a, a decent major league hitter. But there's high upside there. They got for Javier Baez, who yeah. with them from the Mets, who they didn't even keep him. So they got a prospect like PCA for two for the Mets to have two months of Javier Baez, in which they didn't even make the playoffs. And on top of it, and I hate saying it, but like Javier Baez has been one of the worst hitters in baseball since he left the Cubs. Hey, that's uh, one of the reasons why he he opted in. To his yeah. his final years, he didn't he didn't opt out like uh, like Cody <laughs> Bellinger did. Right. Uh, but you know, you, you make like huge points about Jed Hoyer. You you're mm. not going to please everybody, and it's a balance of hey, you're going to upset the fan base a little bit, but you're doing what's right for the organization, and you're going to upset yeah. some of your friends uh, and and you know quote unquote family in the front office when you have to make those tough decisions. We got to do that to find that 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 bit of success. It'll be interesting to see what they do on the on the free agent front as far as players go now that they've got their manager. Uh, but Cody yeah. Bellinger got the qualifying offer. He'll reject that uh, obviously uh, any any day now. I don't I don't know why it did just happen right away. Uh, <laughs> does, does he seem uh, like a like a logical fit to to come back or will the Cubs actually be players for Shohei Otani which they've been a name that's been thrown into the mix now lately. I know, I know, and I'm trying not to get too high about it. But if anyone knows me, I can't help myself. So you can't have everything you want, Cody. You can't have Craig <laughs> yeah. and Otani. I know. Um, as far as Bellinger, I, you know, I've said it on our show the last, honestly, since the season ended and was forced to watch postseason baseball without the Cubs. I've been, you know, emphasizing it almost every show that Cody Bellinger is number one priority for the Cubs to bring back, just because of his defensive versatility. Um, and I like the, the the type of hitter that he has transformed himself into. Even in, with his best years in Los Angeles, he still, you know, was a I wouldn't say a high strikeout guy, but he's definitely struck out more than he did this past season with the Cubs. Um, he was one of the best two strike hitters in baseball this year. On top of someone who still hit twenty six homers uh, and drove in a lot of runs in the middle of the lineup for the Cubs, he just looks like a guy who, you know, at the very least, you're going to get a four war player. Uh, for the next handful of years at the very, and I I'll take that. And I, I, I think that a lot of teams would love to have a player like that. And, you know, he's still young, so he could even get back to an MVP level type player. And I think if he doesn't get hurt uh, in May, like he did, and, and he got hurt making an, a fabulous catch in Houston, uh, he hurt his knee in the process and he met, it forced him to miss a month. I think if he had stayed healthy, um, I don't I don't think he wins MVP, but I think he might have been able to at least been part of the conversation just because of what he did to help the Cubs be relevant this year. Um, considering that might, the two, that might even have two more wins and get them in the postseason. You're right. It, it changes exactly. the whole narrative. Exactly. So uh, to me, I, I know it's only one year coming off a bunch of bad years, but, you know, the Cubs have his hitting coach that he had in Los Angeles. Um, I think he had, deserves, deserves a lot of credit. Uh, Dustin Kelly. Um yeah, he's he seems like a guy that it, the fit makes a lot of sense. Even even with PCA right there, um, I'm not sure based off what we saw from PCA in September if you know if the Cubs feel confident putting him on the opening day roster right now. Um, I think the Cubs need to they 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 need to have someone shored up, and if if P, if they feel feel like PCA is a guy that can be on the opening day roster, well, they still have issues at first base. So. Um, and the fact that long season, grind, you have to grind it out. It's a marathon, as the players say. Uh, his defensive versatility allows them to rest some guys. He can play corner outfield, too, so you can rest Ian Happ or say Suzuki on certain days. I just think with the ability to play him almost anywhere, at least at four different positions, um, I think that you know you can find a way to get Cody Bellinger in your lineup. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah, uh, he's he's number one priority. I'll dream about Otani. Um, you know, I will say this about Otani when he came over from Japan, uh, you know, a handful of years ago, the Cubs were the one National League team that he was that he, you know, I think he, they were 
somewhat of a finalist on his list. Um, and at the time, there was no DH still. So uh, I think the fact that the Cubs have Seiya Suzuki on their team, uh, who's also obviously from Japan, uh, and, and them being friends and, you know, them him having the, you know, the, the conversation with the Cubs prior. So he probably has some sort of relationship or familiarity of talking to some of those guys. Um, and the fact that the Cubs, at least on paper uh, and, you know, with their, where their farm system's at and how they have shown that they can flex their financial mus- uh, financial muscle sometimes, I think that you can convince Otani that, hey, we're trying to win here. And he's been with an organization that I feel like they try to win, but they just are, they've just always been a, a mess in one particular area or two, maybe three. Um, I'll never be able to understand how you had Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on your right. team and not be able and to Anthony make the Rendon, Don't forget about And Anthony Rendon, sure, yeah. Hey, look, yeah. if anything communicates we are trying to win, it's a team that hires a manager when they already have a manager. So maybe yeah. Otani's like, hey, all right, that's <laughs> these guys are really going for it. Uh, the money yeah. is absolutely going to talk when it comes to Otani. But here's the thing. Would you forego sausage and peppers for the rest of your life? To sign Shohei Otani? Like, I mean, you have to give up something. If it's not yeah. financial, you have to give up something. Would you do that to sign Otani? Yeah, I would do that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I would absolutely do that. There's still many great things, many great, uh, uh, many great foods here in the great city of <laughs> Chicago. I can, you know, if I have to eat more, more pizza or something like that, fine. You know, like I, you'll make I, the sacrifice. I, yeah, I'll eat, I'll eat more beefs, more Italian beefs. Uh, listen, Portillo's is a, is a great place, and they have more than just uh, hot dogs and sausages and and and, and Chicago style hot dogs. You know what I mean? So I, I will I will gladly give those things up for uh, Shohei Otani. Hell, whoever like if the if we have to send something to someone, like if we have to send the bean to uh, you know to Anaheim or something, I they come pick it up and take it. I, I will. He is one of those guys that I would special do almost anything to get. I, I, it's not even just because I think the Cubs would be good with him. It's just like he's an international superstar. The viewership that would bring that would come to the Cubs if they signed Shohei Otani would be insane. The the obviously a ton of bandwagon fans would come on, but like man, like it would be so special to just be able to go and watch Shohei Otani uh, at Wrigley Field you know, 80 times a year, um, right. you know, for Ryan, uh, our, you know, Ryan Herrera, our, uh, you know, our beat guy for CSU Cubs or just, just fans who go to the ballpark every day, the season ticket holders, um, you know, and, and Wrigley field, such a, you know, a, uh, you know, a touristy type place for a lot it's of people who come to, yeah, to come, to come to the city. If they come to Wrigley field and know that Shohei Otani's there, I mean, like ownership is going to make that money back so much, so much quicker than I think a lot of people even realize. I'm, I don't even care how much you have to pay the guy. No, you know, I, I you really know what don't. you need to do. <laughs> you you need to invest in real estate and all of those homes that are on what Waveland, Ashland, you know, all that yeah. with the rooftop seating, Sheffield. Uh, buy the property behind that and put bleachers on that because he's going to be sending them out over those rooftop bleachers. So. <laughs> That's yeah. a real investment. Actually, yes. Yeah, send me a quote. I think I might want to want to get in on that. Uh, and seeing <laughs> as though you're now like clearly a brand ambassador to Portillo's, I mean, I think you, you've got a couple bucks you could invest in that. Cody, thank you so much. Um, go ahead and plug away. Let folks know. I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and, and give a, a personal thumbs up, a verbal like uh, to the CHGO Cubs podcast because you guys obviously right now, you're at the heart of the baseball world and um, the coverage is also great uh, on top of all that. But go ahead and plug away. Let folks know where they can yeah. check your stuff out. Awesome. I appreciate that, by the way. Um, so, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHGO underscore Cubs. You can follow me on on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Cody underscore CHGO. Um, CHGO Sports YouTube channel, if you're into other Chicago sports or if you're you know just you're a baseball fan, uh, you know, want to see perspectives from not only, you know, CHGO Cubs, but, you know, the White Sox. Uh, if, if you're interested, you know, check them out. Um, and... Yeah, I think I think that covers it all. Uh, all city, we're the best, man. Subscribe to all of our YouTube channels. <laughs> That's it. Join the community in all yeah. forms at Cody underscore CHGO on the X machine as it's on now. The X Cody, thank you so yeah. much, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks again, Patrick.
Oh man, you know what? I also appreciate a great pair of sunglasses and not only just a great pair of sunglasses, but a pair that if they happen to magically disappear because of my foolishness or I happen to sit on them, which I've never done, um, sarcasm, they, Shady Rays, of course, will hook you up with a new pair. Lost and broken replacement policy. It's absolutely amazing. They actually got something going on right now. You buy one, you get a pair for free. Holidays are coming up. Maybe you get one for yourself, and then the free one is for a friend or a loved one, or you take care of two people in one shot when you use code DNVR over at ShadyRays.com with your shades that, man, quarter of a million folks have rated five stars online. You can go down to the Park Meadows Mall where two or more pairs gets you 50% off those bad boys that's what I wear, and that's what I wore all the time, the entire time. When you didn't see me in uh, the entire month of, of October, I was in Phoenix wearing my Shady Rays. That's where that's where I was, and that's what I was wearing on my face. And what you can have in your tummy is Breck Brew, Broncos country to be exact. That's the uh, Breck Brew of the month. That's what we have at our tailgates. You can actually get it on tap down here on the corner of Colfax and York at the DNVR Bar. It's made with 100% renewable energy, Colorado ingredients, Hops from the North Fork Valley. It's a Colorado business. Support local. It's amazing. They think global. You can go ahead and act local with Breck Brew, Broncos, Country, GM meetings going on right now down in Arizona, Scottsdale to be exact. What is the GM meetings? Well, it, it has, it's been around for a while, but it definitely seems to have grown in its size and scope. Uh, it's kind of like what the winter meetings have really become in the past 10, 15, 20 years, where now the entire baseball world descends on the winter meetings. This year it'll be in Nashville. I, of course, will be down there, uh, as well as a lot of other folks from all city, CHGO, PHNX. Uh, hopefully we'll have somebody from PHLY as well. It's going to be great. But the GM meetings is just the general managers. Uh, they review the, the rule changes that just went down in uh, 2023, see if there's any tweaks. They can discuss those things. Nothing will happen, but they'll be discussing that, as well as the current postseason format, which we know has got a lot of a lot of conversation uh, centered on it, especially in the first part of the postseason with those teams that got the first round by and were kind of sitting on their butts for five days, came out and lost against those teams that were fresh uh, that that got to play and, and stay hot throughout the wild card round that's something that they're going to discuss they're going to say hi to some of the new members to their to their group although they're they're new in their roles they've been around for a while in, in some form or fashion David Stern president of baseball operations of the New York Mets Peter Bendix who's now the uh president of baseball operations the Pobo get used to that we say GM all the time everyone knows that means General Manager Pobo, President of Baseball Operations, Peter Bendix. Uh, he's there. Uh, came over from Tampa. Marlins hired him. It's one of the reasons why Kim Ang said, you basically want to give me a boss after everything I've done taking this uh, team back to the postseason. Uh, Skip Schumacher, Manager of the Year Award candidate. You know, he's getting his flowers, but uh, Peter Bendix, the Pobo, it's one of the reasons why, again, Kim Ang uh, decided to leave the organization. Craig Breslow, now the chief baseball officer in Boston. Chris Getz, White Sox new general manager. And Jeff Greenberg, Tigers new GM. Jeff Greenberg, of course, uh, got the job late in September with the, with the Detroit Tigers after uh, serving a year as the GM in Chicago. Of the NHL. Yes, the Chicago Blackhawks. He was the GM of them. It was baseball background, then went over to Chicago for a year, and then came back. Uh, super producer, Tiff, you follow hockey. Uh, yes. Is, is, this, a, is this, this guy do a good job in Chicago? Or were there, were there any like crazy scandals that went down for the Blackhawks in the past year that, you know, there's probably a reason why he's, he's jumping ship? Or is everything kind of copacetic? Everything's great in the Blackhawks community. You're joking, right? Are you joking? I'm not joking. I don't. Oh my gosh! No, I they're don't actually pay attention that much to others. But I am no. I am addicted to baseball, guys. You should know that. That is a, a gift and a curse. I I will just search out nothing but baseball. So, so please update me so on the Tigers' the, new GM, former GM of Chicago in the ooh, NHL. Uh. So the Chicago Blackhawks um, are currently being sued oh again okay. for covering up sexual misconduct and assault of a Oof. Um, 
of one of their development players by their former video coach. Um, this has been something that has already been in the news. Yeah, I remember hearing about it. Was it maybe a that, year before it first broke a year yeah, ago? Yeah, that was settled. Now okay. this is John Doe number three. Ugh. Um, that, that happens is, far too often in the NHL. I don't. I don't know why in the NHL, or maybe there's just isn't other cases of of youth players and, and yeah. coaches, those kind of things. And but it's, it's, NHL a lot. It's the. It's more that like well, every everything awful aside, the Blackhawks part of their cover up per se was that they didn't really tell anybody or any of his employers after the fact why he resigned from his position yeah best of luck to you out there keep getting employed yes and he mm, was getting employed not, not at good. universities and oh, high man. schools and you know juniors clubs so he was the able scandal to just continues yes yeah so, that's um, awful so yeah they are facing more backlash because another person just came out man well again we, we i don't know uh how much this person whose name i'm not even gonna say after all of that uh is now with the detroit tigers had to do with it but uh could very much just be like kind of jumping ship of like wow this is really dysfunctional uh because he wasn't there very long in in, uh, in chicago with the blackhawks so uh again that could be one of the reasons why i'm like hey wait a minute i, I don't want to be attached to this at all i don't want some baseball podcast in colorado talking about me like i'm associated with this i I might as well leave. Uh, it, it's it's still yeah, going to be tied to this guy. You'd have to I, ask I don't know. like you'd have to ask like AJ or somebody AJ Hayfley, you know Denver sports sports expert here. Sure, um, he'd probably be able to tell you kind of like if there was a big connection there, but. It's definitely not a good PR in in Blackhawk right now. No, no, and yeah, look, we we know there there are people that in can Chicago. be you know good. Uh, good soldiers and they look they've they've got to they've got to get out uh because it uh, there's a toxic environment and stuff there but you know where is there's not a toxic environment it's the opposite if you're trying to get out of a toxic environment and into a positive environment is there a word for that what we need a word for the dnvr bar it's the opposite of a toxic environment immaculate vibes an immaculate environment immaculate environment in vibe Urinant. <laughs> uh, we're gonna workshop yeah, we're it. Gonna workshop we that. could have something. It's definitely not gonna be a shirt because it's gonna be messy. It just sounds better. But the vibes are immaculate here on the corner of Colfax and York. We just got done with a really awesome uh, watch party. Actually, we got a uh, a really good uh, gathering. Uh, one of the takeovers that we had against Chicago is the Bulls. Uh, actually, there's more coming up. For the Nuggets, takeovers, December 16th is the next one. Celebration of Jokemas, of course, uh, just a week before all the holidays get kicked off. Lower-level seats, man, get on board with that and get those tickets for those takeovers. Die-hard members, you know you get 20% off all the gear at DNVR Locker, 15% off food and drink here at the bar. There's abs takeovers as well, December 9th against the Flyers. Does Gritty, look, we're, I'm tapping you for all the NHL news. That's okay. Gritty doesn't go on the road, does it? I don't. It's in it. Or I is don't it a they? So. Is Gritty I they? I think I think Gritty's a they. I'm gonna they, choose that Gritty's a they. Gritty did get beat up. I did see a clip he recently. He got knocked out. It was a bootleg Gritty, but it looked a lot like Gritty. I'll say that much. Well, Gritty got knocked out by the uh, the sharks mascot yes, last night. that was night. what I saw. Yeah. That was what I saw. All right, so maybe Bernie will. Uh, you got to go to that game to kind of find out if Gritty's gonna get taken down. Bernie's so sweet. I can't even like in yeah. in a battle royale of mascots. I would normally like be okay with a Bernie's Mountain Dog. I think they'd be okay, but Bernie is just too sweet. What if he accidentally like, mistakes somebody Gritty for a fire hydrant and just lifts a leg? <laughs> then it's like, oh, that's kind of it. Checks off all the boxes. It's Still effective. sweet. It's Could effective. We? It's effective. It gets the job done. Um, but if you want to get some gritty gear, I don't know if they got gritty gear over on Foco. They've got everything on Foco. Like they've got this bobblehead that's right in front of me. It they're literal, they're they're pieces of art. They're limited edition. That's the new workaround, too. Um, holidays are coming up. Treat yourself now. Get yourself some stuff early with code DNVR over at Foco.com. You get 10% off all non-presale items and say, look, honey, this is a piece of art. This is artwork. It's sports artwork, but it is artwork nonetheless. It's limited edition kind of stuff. Go and get that. Get hats for just about any team. They got the CU Buffs overall, so many other uh, wonderful colleges and, and pro sports teams as well. They got uh, Peanuts bobbleheads, Flamingo Hawaiian button-ups. 
it's uh it's pretty cool so so make sure you get yourself checked out on that over on foco.com let's uh let's fly to the far east let's go to japan for uh, our next couple stories here so we talked with cody about Shoyotani, his market's still pretty much looking at 500 million, 500 mil still on the table. Juan Soto, look, his agent Scott Boris has basically said point blank, $1.2 billion is what he's worth to any team that signs him in free agency. He's got one more year left until he becomes a free agent. Shoyotani's got to be worth $2 billion, maybe close to $2 billion, right? Got that international flair to him that makes him worth that much more than Juan Soto. So he should be able to get. Uh, a third of that. So easy, easy half a million, uh, excuse me, half a billion dollars, 500 million is what he's going to end up getting. And what's interesting too is when was the last time the best player in baseball was a free agent? Think about that, right? Like Mookie Betts, you can make the case for him now, but he's he's never reached free agency. He got the extension from the Dodgers. Mike Trout, we know has been the best player for a very long time. He was an extension guy, Bryce Harper, He's in free agency, but he's never the best player. Certainly one of the best. Maybe it was Albert Pujols, probably in, in 2011. But even then, his best days were behind him. And he was entering his age 32 season. So I don't, I, again, I don't necessarily think he was the best player. Um, I have to say it would be A-Rod uh, after the 2000 season. He was 25 years old going to free agency. An MVP, a perennial MVP candidate at age 25. So it's close to 25 years since we've had the best player in baseball actually on the free agent market. Teams are going to go bonkers. They didn't go that crazy in 2000, coincidentally, when Ichiro Suzuki came over to the States. Got a somewhat friendly deal. Uh, had to prove himself. We hadn't seen a lot of Japanese hitters go on the market and make the transition to America. More pitchers than anything. And so, uh, legend, he's a guy who'll get in first battle hall of famer. He's 50 years old now, still doing a lot of fun things. He was hanging out at a high school in Hokkaido, Japan. He hit one over the netting at this high school and broke a window. And it was like the sweetest thing you could see these high schoolers and this 50 year old guy just breaking a window. Like I can only imagine, uh, all of those you know, TikTok personalities where they have reaction videos of things. I, if I was inclined, I would film something at my home of like just reading a book. And then all of a sudden the, the window blows out behind me. I peer out in the window and who is it? It's, it's Ichiro Suzuki taking batting practice with a bunch of high school kids. Uh, kind of sweet. But I've, uh, I've got to know if, if you believe in, in, in the spirits. Tiff, are, are you able to... Tell me where where you stand on this, Tiff, uh, as far as curses. Do you believe in curses? Because I have to tell you about the curse of Colonel Sanders. What, what's, where's your stance on curses? The, um, I, I believe in a good curse. I okay. can believe in some good curses. I like to curse people myself. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> Different kind of curse, for sure. All right, try this on for size. Jump in if you need any clarifications. Let me know if this, is, this sounds legit. So we're staying in Japan. Nippon Professional Baseball, NPB. 1985, the Hanshin Tigers win the Central League pennant on the way going to the Japan Series. The fans celebrate. They jump in the nearby canal, the Dotenbori Canal. Everyone, as they jump into the canal, they pretend to be a different player. And then they realize, oh, wait a minute. Like our, our MVP, our best player, the American-born Randy Bass. Now, this is a guy, he actually played with the Denver Bears uh, in 79, 80, and 82. Had nine home runs in the major leagues. Wentz goes to Japan, hits 35, 27, and then 54 home runs in that 1985 season. So they're looking around, they're like, we need someone that looks like Randy Bass. We, we need that. They realize there's a nearby KFC with a Colonel Sanders statue. They rip it out the ground, and they throw it in the canal. They uh, they did not win the they, they they won the Japan series they did, but after that they have nothing but bad luck. So many players get hurt. Randy Bass's career kind of falls off a table. They lose the draft lottery to sign some some great Japanese pitchers like Hideo Nomo, uh, great slugger in Hideki Matsui. Uh, Bass in 1988 he goes home to America during the middle of the season and decides he's just going to stay there so he doesn't even come back. Then they're in last place nearly every single season. For the next 18 years. They win the pennant in 2003. They get a chance to reverse the curse in 2003. 
Fans jump back in the canal before the Japan series, and one man loses his life during the celebration. Oh, no. That is not the turn I thought this was going to take. They lose that Japan series as well. They lose then as well. Um, And then in 2009, they finally pull the Colonel Sanders statue out from the canal. That didn't change much. This year, they faced the Oryx Buffaloes. They're down 3-2. Uh, they got beaten bad by Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who is possibly the best pitcher in free agency that's out there. But they end up winning Game 7 to end the 28-year curse of Colonel Sanders. Who'd have thunk it? All is well in the world. Wow. What a what a full circle sort of... The curse of Colonel Sanders in Japan. That's Look at cool. that. That's wild. I don't know if we're all the wiser for knowing that. Yeah. Are we all are we all a little dumber for that? I, I don't know. No, just good good uh, <laughs> good did you know? Yeah, that's a good like did you know sort it's of thing. Not did you care. Those are two different things. I've had to learn that the hard way. But yes, Curse of Colonel Sanders is over. Uh, I don't, you know, I think the Rockies, do they have a curse on them? I've sort of said it's the curse of the curse of the Cretaceous period because they did unearth, you know, some some dinosaur bones near and in and around the area. So, you know, Coors Field, is it on a dinosaur burial site? Is that the curse that the Rockies are suffering from right now? Hard to say. Let us know what you think, whether it's in the chat on uh, YouTube, DNVR Sports Channel where you're watching this live or going back to watch it, whether it's in the comments, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Do that whole thing. We're over on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D. Lyons is where I can be found on Twitter. Super producer Tiff, a.k.a. full-time Tiff, at Tiff underscore Tano. No, it's Tiffany underscore Tano, right? Heck yeah, you got it. But with an I? Yep, Tiffany with an I. See, I pay attention here. So smart. We want you to pay attention tomorrow because, look, we got a lot of momentum. Cody gave us that talking about the Cubs. But that momentum is only good as your next show. So it's still going to be a great one tomorrow back at noon right here on the DNVR Sports Channel live on YouTube. We all city like the mayor. 